0: Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. We'll we talk to researchers previously funded by Australian Rotary Health about their research findings. I'm Jessica Cooper, and today on episode 17, we will have a chat to Associate Professor Lara Farrell from Griffith University. Associate Professor Farrell received a mental health research grant from Australian Rotary Health in 2009 for her project called A Novel Approach to Treatment-Resistant Childhood Obsessive-Compulsive Disorder, d cycloserine augmented behavior therapy. Associate Professor Farrell is a clinical psychologist and associate professor within the School of Applied Psychology, Griffith University, Gold Coast campus. She conducts clinical research in the field of childhood anxiety and obsessive compulsive spectrum disorders. Her research includes experimental studies of underlying cognitive mechanisms associated with childhood psychopathology as well as the assessment, prevention and treatment of paediatric anxiety disorders and OCD. So thank you very much, Lara, for joining us on
1: today's episode. Um, How have you been lately? Really well. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. I'm really pleased and excited to be here.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you. It'll be interesting to talk about your project today. Um, and I know it, it has been about 11 years now since you were awarded that grant from Australian Rotary Health um, to look at a novel approach to treatment-resistant OCD in childhood. I guess to start off, can you tell us why there was a need for a project like this?
1: Yes, absolutely. And thank you um, to Rotary for awarding that grant. It really was some um, it was really quite impactful at that time to conduct one of these first studies of looking at de as an augmentation to our current treatments for children and adolescents. And indeed, it was one of the first studies that that did examine this approach in kids and since then has been, um, I guess, supported a series of studies since. So we really are very thankful to Rotary for that funding. Um, And really, you know, the importance of it, or it, it really came about for a need Um, to improve current treatments for children with obsessive compulsive disorder. And as your listeners may know, OCD is a a common problem, and it's a problem that's incredibly debilitating. So it affects all aspects of a child's life in terms of their schooling, their peer relationships, um, and most notably, the impact on the entire family. So these kids are often incredibly impaired, um, suffering enormous amounts of distress, and huge amounts of um, interference in daily life. So whilst we have very good treatments for children and youth with OCD and that current treatment that's supported by evidence is cognitive behavioural therapy with a focus on exposure therapy, um, exposure and response prevention, whilst it's very good for the majority, there still remains a a gap in terms of achieving a um, a full response to treatment. So we have anywhere across our trials of 20 to 40% of children who don't respond fully to our best treatments. So there is a great need for us to continue to improve the current good treatments that we have, as well as develop novel ways and new methods for supporting these children to achieve um, gains that are going to be lasting and impactful on their lives.
0: Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Um, so I guess um, when, when you did start this project at the beginning, what, what were some of the initial aims?
1: The project, um, the, the main um, objective of the project was to conduct a randomised control trial, um, and this was really a preliminary trial, to test the feasibility of d as an augmentation to exposure therapy in children and youth with OCD. So the the very specific goal was um, to randomise children to either CBT plus d Mm -hmm. which is acutely dosed. So children only receive a dose of this medication immediately before their exposure therapy session. And in this case, it was five sessions that involved exposure therapy. Relative to a control condition where children received the evidence-based treatment cognitive behavioural therapy, including five sessions of exposure, that they received an identical pill, a placebo pill. So, the objective was to um, assess whether children who received decycloserine had superior outcomes, whether we could achieve more responders following treatment and a greater reduction in OCD severity following that treatment relative to children who received um, the CBT without the pill.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a very interesting study. Um, I guess what, what kind of findings came out of this?
1: Uh, the findings were um, as we hypothesized that there was um, some superior outcomes for children who received decycloserine. So, um, children who received DCS relative to the placebo had a greater overall reduction in severity following the treatment out to one month follow up. And this was across a number of different indicators of OCD severity. Um, by the longer term follow up, At six months follow-up, there was no difference between the groups, however. So what the findings illustrated to us and similar findings with um, adult patients in different types of studies is that d appeared to accelerate gains rather than lead to a greater um, amplitude or a greater magnitude of, of reduction, which is really important in terms of a condition like OCD that is causing so much impairment on a child and family's life. If we can find ways that we can take our treatments and make them more efficient, or help children to achieve gains much more quickly, then often we are preventing that enormous impact that occurs longer term. So the findings were promising. It was a small pilot study of 17 children who were randomised to those two conditions. We were assessing for safety and tolerability of decycloserin, which um, was supported. And I guess that was the the really, I guess, exciting thing about this novel approach to pharmacological augmentation where we're using a a drug that was previously used to treat tuberculosis. So it's an antibiotic medication with a very good safety profile. So it's tolerable to children. Um, There's not um, a a lot of side effects that are reported in the literature. Indeed, there are no um, adverse effects reported in the literature when used in this way. And it's used um, acutely, so as I mentioned, there's only five doses of the medication that are used um, in addition to the exposure therapy. So the study was important in providing support that d did appear to accelerate outcomes for children who um, received the DCS relative to placebo. And it also supported that the approach was safe for children, that there weren't adverse outcomes and you know the, the study was overall assessed as being feasible.
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess um, you, you said this was quite a novel approach, um, so it hadn't really been done before. Was this I guess a, the first of its kind, this kind of study?
1: Yeah, at the time there had been um, a number of preliminary basic science studies where um had been tested in rodent samples looking at whether cycloserine could um, enhance extinction learning, the experimental analogue of exposure therapy. And there are a handful of studies with adults um, supporting that DCS did appear to be associated with um, enhanced exposure therapy outcomes. At the time, this was only the second study that was published um, with children and adolescents with an anxiety type presentation. Um, And it was the first in OCD looking at a severe and refractory sample. So there'd been one previous study with children with OCD, um, a pilot study um, published by one of our colleagues, uh, Professor Eric Storch in the US, and he found no no advantage or no no, um, better outcomes for children with d relative to the placebo. Um, So in our trial, we were interested in finding out whether it might be more applicable to children who've had a failed response to exposure. So we were really looking at improving those outcomes for children who were not gaining enough from exposure therapy in previous um, treatments that they'd had. So ours was the second study in a child and adolescent sample and the first to look at this more severe and treatment refractory. Um, And with our our findings showing significant effects, it was similar to um, Eric Storch's study, which found... Large effect sizes that they were not significant. So we were finding similar trends in terms of our outcomes that decyclusirin appeared to have favourable outcomes. Um, however, it seemed to be stronger in our study with these children who perhaps um, were more resistant to therapy, had had exposure before, had more severe OCD, perhaps, um, and they um, we did achieve stronger outcomes. And you know, and that's been, I guess, an important finding from our study that from a range of pilot studies that occurred around a similar time and following that, that d isn't a one-size-fits-all. It isn't something that we can give to all of our patients and achieve much greater outcomes. What it seems to be is it seems to work under particular clinical parameters, under particular dosing parameters, whether it's dosed before versus after therapy um, and under certain conditions and perhaps for certain patients. So, I think our research, you know, provides a little bit of evidence that perhaps this might be reserved for children with more severe or refractory treatment resistant OCD. Um, and certainly that's um, aligned with some of the other findings in adult studies as well.
0: Yeah, well that, that just shows how important it is to keep conducting research because you know it's not one size fits all and, you know, so many people respond to, to treatments very differently. So, yeah, it sounds like that was quite an important study for, for people who don't respond well to treatment. And Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I guess um, did, did these findings also lead on to some further research or has there been any important implications for clinical practice and, and helping real children who have this disorder?
1: Absolutely. I think... Um, The opportunity to conduct this really important um, pilot work here in Australia and with children and youth with, with, with OCD really then helped us to find some data to support the feasibility, to show that this might be a really promising way forward. And from there, we received funding from a number of different sources following that trial. So we were funded by Griffith University to conduct a similar trial with children with phobic disorders. Um, we were also funded subsequently by um, the Australian Foundation for Children to conduct a, another study of desicliblisiran for more intensive treatment, um, and then you know that resulted in a large NHMRC funded trial, which has only recently com- been completed. Actually, last year we completed the six month follow up, um, and the clinical implications are that this has led in the past ten years since we were first funded by Rosary in the treatment of of nearly 200 children and families with different anxiety disorders who have been able to come in and access evidence-based treatment by way of exposure therapy with the majority of children um, receiving um, and and showing really favorable outcomes and a very good clinical response to treatment. And also the progression of a number of scientific studies to help us advance our understanding about how de might help children in treatment but also support for other ways and approaches to augment our treatments to improve outcomes.
0: Mm, yeah, well, yeah, that sounds amazing. Like such such great results have come out of this research and it sounds like you can go so much further with it as well and, you know, keep on improving it. So, yeah, that, that sounds really good. Um, and I know that um, it's yeah, it's Rotarians. They they put in a lot of hard work to to fundraise for mental health research, much like yours. And and I guess I was wondering if you might be able to let them know just how important it is to continue funding mental health research.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know mental health remains one of the most prevalent um, yet burdensome problems faced by children and adolescents and families in Australia. Um, And whilst we do have plenty of effective, evidence-based interventions out there, sadly we're faced with a major problem in a gap to service provision, where we know that in Australia only about 2% of Australian families will receive effective, evidence-based interventions for their mental health problems. So we need to do much more in terms of understanding how we can improve access to these interventions, but also improve outcomes for those that are only you know, demonstrating a partial response to these current best treatments that we have. So there's, you know, a a long way to go in terms of improving our precision in terms of mental health interventions and also actually having um, an adequate reach to the families across Australia who are needing it. Um, So it's enormously beneficial to have um, programs and organisations such as Rotary who put so much investment into mental health research and I think, you know, make an enormous difference to the children and the families in Australia who need it most.
0: Yeah, well, it's been really great to talk, um, talk to you about your research findings today, Lara. And I, I guess um, just before we wrap up today, was there anything else that you wanted to add?
1: Only thank you again. Thank you to Rotary for, uh, you know, the, the public awareness um, that you raise in terms of mental health the um, support that you give to science in Australia and for the dissemination of, of the research findings um, like you're doing today through this interview. So just really being um, you know, thankful to Rotary for, for all that you do in Australia for mental health research.
0: Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's always great to hear from our researchers and, you know, to see where that funding has gone and, you know, the results that come from it. So thanks again for joining us on our podcast.
1: Thank you, Jessica.
0: Well, that was the 17th episode of our podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. It is always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please continue supporting important research like Lara's by donating to the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.